Coming up on Stu Does America, I can't even imagine how scary it must have been to get caught up in the riots at the Capitol last week. I have a lot of respect for the journalists who dive straight into the middle of a disaster scenario to get the truth out to the American people. I mean, like, actual journalists, not like people like Chris Cuomo or Don Lemon or myself in our cushy little studios. I'm talking about journalists like Elijah Schaefer, host of Blaze TV's Slightly Offensive. We go in-depth with Elijah for an extended interview tonight, and people like Elijah need our support now more than ever. Consider taking part in saving conservative media with a subscription to Blaze TV. Just head to blazetv.com slash stew, enter the promo code stew, because that's how they know you like this stupid show, and you'll save 30 bucks off your subscription for a limited time. We're also happy to offer the show completely free to anyone who wants to partake. Just head to stewdoesamerica.com to find links for uh, YouTube, Facebook, podcasts, social media, all the things. As I mentioned before, we have a great extended interview for you tonight. So let's do Elijah Schaefer. Stu Does America. to take you through the exact moments that the Capitol breach happened with Elijah Schaefer, our reporter, who was there in the middle of the action and is responsible for documenting everything that happened inside the Capitol. You're not going to want to miss that. I mean, I will say the show title tonight, a little unfortunate. It's a bit of a non-consensual show title. I don't know that he's going to like being done by me. But that's the way the show works. Before we start up, I want to make sure that you are aware that Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez is tweeting really dumb things again. And as usual, she has convinced herself that she is making a good point. Like a connoisseur of fine wine. It's that intersection between unthinkable stupidity and her intellectual certainty that is... Chef's kiss. Here's her incoherent rambling of the day. One thing that always astounds me is that the GOP's talent for neglecting key issues until it affects them personally. They couldn't care less when Trump used his mob to put their colleagues' lives in danger, yet are only noticing now how bad it is when the threat's been turned on them. This is an incomprehensibly stupid point, and its lack of self-awareness is like level 1,000. The threat of burning down buildings and murdering police officers has been something that your GOP colleagues have been railing against for the entire year. Well, you sat there and made excuses for it because you don't own a business in Minneapolis or Seattle or Portland. You haven't seen your apartment building lit on fire. You aren't married to Officer David Dorn, who was murdered in the middle of the BLM protests. I'm honestly curious. Was it that you didn't care about the riots in the summer because they didn't affect you? Or was it that you were cheering on each and every brick that hit an officer's head? And that's the thing. AOC is in a very difficult situation here. First, she's trying to think, which is always very difficult for her. But she's also trying to pretend that she cares about Capitol Police officers that were injured and killed. But it is so completely unnatural for her to feel any compassion whatsoever for a police officer. She's built her public career by calling people like that racist genocidal maniacs. And even in the middle of this crisis, even when police officers are laying down their lives to protect her, She still can't get through two freaking tweets without taking a shot at law enforcement. 
The second tweet in the same thread. Oh, for two years, many of us have been subject to extremely violent threats, attempts, stalkers, and targeted misinfo. When I went to the border, there was a mob with knives and guns feet away, and CPB refused to protect the delegation. What did we do? We did the press conference anyways. We did the press conference anyways. Well, I'm so proud of you for standing up and bravely talking into a microphone while being protected by the people you're currently trashing. What a peach with the IQ of a pair. Of course, AOC isn't the only one making an ass of themselves on the Internet today. We also have The Washington Post. It's called The Freedom to Assemble in Two Acts. That's the name of the piece. And it basically positions the January 6th QAnon riot at the Capitol against the June 1st gathering from 2020 uh, in Lafayette Square outside of the White House. We did a whole monologue about what a stupid comparison this is. But the argument goes like this. When white QAnon types went to the Capitol, the police didn't care. But when peaceful protests were happening for black lives, the police were horrific monsters. Or another way to say this is... Everything is racist. Every thought you have is a KKK dream. Everything is racist. White supremacist extreme. The secret to this ridiculous comparison is in its structure. January 6th was a one-off event with no problems leading up to it from a group that had been largely peaceful in previous protests in Washington and around the country. June 1st, the BLM uh, riot, is an interesting day to pick. It followed protesters entering the White House grounds and forcing President Trump to have to go into a protective bunker a couple of days earlier. It followed, uh, followed protesters lighting fires outside the White House in the days leading up. And it followed non-stop rioting all over the country for days and days beforehand. So why would you pick June 1st? wasn't exactly unicorns and rainbows, of course. Here is the video from the Washington Post, the same paper of some of the scenes of that day, starting with the fire that these peaceful protesters set in the church across the street. This way, and uh, this is awful. Uh-oh. We saw graffiti. Once the door was broken, we saw something similar happen earlier. Mm, looks peaceful. And uh, as you can see, uh, there's definitely a fire here. Yeah. This is the parish office. Mm. Another big uh, pile of debris on fire right by the uh, White House in the days leading up. Can't think of why they thought this might go awry. Oh, what's this guy doing? Oh, oh, the chair through the window technique. Maybe he wanted to sit down. Uh, this guy's got a big, uh, I don't know, battering ram that he's just breaking random windows at what looks like maybe a train station. I don't know. Then you've got uh, this building, eh, nice and on fire, but, you know, looks like a peaceful fire. And uh, what's this guy doing? Oh, he's lighting something on fire. What could it be? It's the American flag, of course. Now, one thing you'll notice in all of those fires and bashing in windows, on the Washington Post's own video, there's barely a cop to be found. Most of this looting, violence, and vandalism happened without police intervening at all. That might still look like a lot of unrest, but the Lafayette Square incident was not near the worst of the rioting. So, crazy question. Why would you take the worst rioting and violence of the past 
I don't know, zillion years from the right and compare it to one of the least riotous days of the BLM protests. Why would you pick the really bad day from the right and the really light day from the left? Why would you do that? To refresh your memory, here are some other highlights from around D.C. in that same period that they didn't compare it to. We've After got, what were six and a half hours of mostly peaceful protests mostly here peaceful. and here around the White House, mm-hmm. things have definitely taken a turn here. Line Uh-oh. has been crossed. I'm standing at the mm-hmm. corner of Connecticut and I, just about two blocks north of the White House, and you're looking at at least one car set aflame here uh, by protesters. I don't think you can probably make it out in a shot, but yeah. a lot of the windows here along Connecticut Avenue have been smashed in the businesses here. Banks, restaurants, office buildings, and so forth. Hmm, interesting. I wonder why that happened. Here's another scene from right around that period. I, I, I. There you go. Some pro demonstrators started fires and vandalized property and vehicles. There they are, just sm- slamming. Oh, here, well, let's turn this car over. Oh, there we go. We got every right to burn it down. Oh, we've got it. He's got every right. I shouldn't be critical. He's got every right to burn it down. That's the attitude. And think about this. You know, these cars just get tipped over, lit on fire. This is like the most expensive asset that a lot of these people have, right? They're living in apartments. So what's your second most important asset? Most people, it's their car just being destroyed. You know, I don't know if you've ever dealt with insurance companies. You don't always get all the money back to pay for that stuff. It's putting these random citizens out thousands of dollars. But that's totally fine. Don't worry about it. All of these came from before the Lafayette Square incident. And of course, that's not to mention the even worse rioting all over the nation, including when police literally left their own precinct in Minneapolis so that protesters could burn it to the ground. Or when Seattle left, you know, Seattle so that rioters could rule themselves in their own autonomous zone. This is a dumb, dumb point. AOC level dumb. And you might say, well, at least those BLM riots weren't incited by elected members of our government. (laughs) Uh, Sure they were. Everyone from politicians to celebrities and more told the most violent elements of the left to get out on the streets and riot. And in some cases, look for targets to eliminate. Don't believe me? Well, here are the receipts. I, I, I just don't even know why there aren't uprisings all over the country, and maybe there will be. People need to start taking to the streets. This is a dictator. You know, there needs to be unrest in the streets for as long as there is unrest in our lives. Enemies of the state. Show me where it says that protests are supposed to be polite and peaceful. Do something about your dad's immigration practices, you feckless. When they go low, we kick them. How do you resist the temptation to run up and wring her neck? Biggest terror threat in this country is white men, most of them radicalized right up to the right. I thought he should have punched him in the face. I said, even if you lost, he insulted your wife. Yes. He came down the escalator and called Mexicans rapists and murderers. He said, well, what do you think I should have done? I said, I think you should have punched him in the face and then gotten out of the race. You would have been a hero. I'd like to punch him in the face. I said, if we were in high school, I'd take you behind the gym and beat the hell out of him. Punch some people in the face! When was the last time an actor assassinated a president? They're still going to have to go out and put a bullet in Donald Trump, and that's a fact. Look as his character is stabbed to death. Where is John Wilkes Booth when you need him? That's it right there, pulling up. I have thought 
an awful lot about blowing up the White House. A Missouri state senator is under investigation by the Secret Service after saying she hopes President Trump is assassinated. I will go and take Trump out tonight. And if you see anybody from that cabinet in a restaurant, in a department store, at a gasoline station, you get out and you create a crowd. And you push back on them. And you tell them they're not welcome anymore, anywhere. And sadly, the domestic enemies to our voting system and wow. our honoring our Constitution are, are right at 1600 Pennsylvania Avenue. They're not going to stop before Election Day in November, and they're not going to stop after Election Day. And that should be, everyone should take note of that on both levels, that this isn't, they're not going to let up, and they should not. If you think we're rallying now, you ain't seen nothing yet. Very disturbing video. Uh, the best thing about it, though, is uh, there's only one uh, set of, uh, you know, where they had to transcribe it for you at the bottom subtitles for Johnny Depp because he's so incoherent. You can't understand what he's saying. Everyone else, they don't put the words on the screen just for Johnny Depp. I don't actors, president. OK, uh, trying to buy or sell at home in these times, you know, it can be challenging. It's very difficult. That's why you need a real estate agent who is going to come in and take charge. Someone who knows the best people around. Like, for example, you need a handyman to come in and fix some of the things in your home. You maybe want to stage your home uh, the most desirable way. Someone who can design ads. Someone who can get results. Realestateagentsitrust.com is the place to go. Uh, you may know that this is Glenn Beck's own company. Why, does it, why is it his company? Well, he started it years ago when he had a bad uh, issue with a real estate agent who kind of you know, didn't work out for whatever reason. And he thought, you know, there's got to be a better way of doing this. I'm just like picking randomly. I don't, I, you know, who, how can you find someone who's actually screened and is going to do the best job for me? Well, that's why we created realestateagentsitrust.com. And you can benefit from the fruits of that effort. Realestateagentsitrust.com is the place to go. Get more information now at realestateagentsitrust.com. All right, so the rioters from BLM and the Capitol, I mean, this has just been completely insane for all the wrong reasons. Tonight, we're going to be speaking with someone who's insane for the right reasons. Host of Slightly Offensive right here on Blaze TV, it's Elijah Schaefer. Elijah, you, uh, what have you been up to lately? You know, uh, picnicking, <laughs> trying to drink pure cane sugared soda, and also okay. accidentally finding myself in the middle of a failed possible coup, insurrection, revolution, something like that. I mean, you know, everyone's got, everyone's busy these days, and you've been keeping yourself busy. Uh, so, I haven't talked to you since all this happened. Can you give me like a play-by-play -play of how you got in, how you found yourself in this position and what the hell happened? Well, FBI entered the chat right now, so <laughs> uh, I mean, <laughs> I gotta say they're not—they're not taking this this lightly. What happened at the Capitol, and they shouldn't be, yeah. right? I mean, you made that point at the time. Yeah, I mm -hmm. mean, they shouldn't be. This was a very serious event. No more serious, I would say, than some of the the Black Lives Matter riots that I've seen. But this shows you how what how bad things get in a country when you don't take rioting, when you don't take violence seriously, when yeah. you when you move to defund the police and you create sentiments where people think it's okay to commit crimes 
crimes and acts of violence on law enforcement, it creates a very, uh, sets a precedent for something like this to happen that should have never happened. And, you know, I would say it should have never happened, nor did anyone think Trump supporters would be involved in this. I mocked Mariel Bowser, the mayor, for calling in 400 National Guard, I'm like, oh, what are you gonna arrest people for sing, singing the national anthem? You know, but 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 really, freezing cold takes as we tweeted you on that one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I just, I so so I didn't I didn't bring my gas mask like normal. I didn't bring my helmet. This shows you I had no awareness that there was going to be a riot. And I don't know about you, but I was you know there monitoring the big protest mm-hmm. out by the ellipse, which is where the Washington Monument sort of aligns. Get a little Illuminati here mm-hmm. with the uh, <laughs> with the uh, White House, and I just trekked up right as Donald Trump started speaking up to the Capitol building because I figured Antifa would be there to intercept people. Yeah, it, it's, it's it's interesting because I think what you're saying explains a big part of the of the reason why the Capitol Police weren't as prepared as they should have been. And we we you know every every single time a Trump group gets together the left and the media tells us they're 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 violent and they're and they're riotous and, and it's going to be terrible. And every single time it doesn't happen. Okay, 900,000 times in a row it didn't happen. And on the 900,001st time it did happen. So I can understand why they maybe weren't overly prepared for this. But you make your way down to the Capitol building does it, is it crazy right away, or are you there at the very beginning kind of capturing it? Oh, well, to put this into perspective, right, the, the claims that Donald Trump incited the violence come down to two parts of his speech. Mm-hmm. About 15 minutes in, he called people to walk up to the Capitol to put pressure on Congress. Then at the end of his speech, he did that again and said, you know, go peacefully walk yep. and go to Congress. Mm-hmm. Now, I'm not going to argue about his words. I'm just going to say, according to the New York Times, which I worked with to help build their official timeline with many other good journalists, uh, and they've been very fair with this. Mm-hmm. They did the Kenosha timeline, yeah. which actually almost vindicated Kyle Rittenhouse uh, against the mm-hmm. pleas of the of the liberal media. So I'll give these these journalists at New York Times some, some credit. We don't like to do that here. No, uh, it's we'll usually them, against our, our mission yeah, statement. But. But, we'll, but we'll give them a pass. Yeah. Uh, they couldn't have arrived at the Capitol from either one of those two points until 12.56 p.m. Eastern. I arrived around 12.49 p.m. Eastern, so about 10 minutes or so before anyone could have arrived at a fast pace. Violence started at 12.53 p.m., approximately Mm. three minutes before anyone could have arrived. Those people were already present, and I'll say this, they, You know, people like to give me a lot of slack for, or flack, I should say, for calling these people revolutionaries. I'd like to remind people, as they call them insurrectionists, that just means a failed revolution. So (laughs) you're just saying that they did a revolution and failed. I'm saying, why did I say that? Well, my original footage shows before they made the first assault on the outer barrier, there were Mm -hmm. four barriers, they started invoking 1776, saying 1776 will rise again. Everyone was chanting for a revolution. They were saying to 1776 these barriers, they were invoking the name of George Washington. I mean, these people were calling on people to rise up like revolutionaries. And speaking of the gender argument, I was lectured by the left that if you know you want to be a woman, I should call you what you identify as. <laughs> so I identified the people by point. what they called themselves. Yeah, uh, which is it's sensible. Again, you, you weren't. It, you know, there's this word because I guess you know you work for a conservative leaning network that you're sitting there cheering on everything Trump supporters do. That was not at all what you were doing, and I want to get into that in a minute as well. But you, so the barriers go down, and you're following along documenting this. And it's important to note that people wouldn't have any idea what happened if it wasn't for people like you documenting this. You're approaching uh, the Capitol building and what happens? Yeah, so they push the barriers down. They start fighting 
bloodying, fighting uh, Capitol police officers who seem very unprepared. Mm. Um, they end up knocking a female police officer down. She hits her head on the stairs. Seems and this was your, that was your footage. I saw that yes. footage. Yeah, we played that here too as well. I mean, that was that was intense. I mean, you know, you don't knock females down for any reason. No, especially female police officers. What before we go a little bit further than this, because this is an this is this is the very beginning. This is the real beginning. This is what of this started storm. it all. This is what started this is it all. the shot heard around the world. Yeah. Um, it, what makes a Trump supporter who's sitting there with, you know, Blue Lives Matter flags and has been talking about how the police need respect for years? What on earth makes them start doing this? What well, sets it off? First, I'll say where I'm surprised and where I'm not surprised. OK. You know, people saying I was sympathetic with the assaulting of officers by documenting it. I mean, unfortunately, my grandma, you know, would, I'm not even Catholic, but I'm just going to do that. My grandma <laughs> would be mad, and I'm sure God wasn't happy, but you can hear a lot of expletives in the background. Those mm. are mine, mm. saying, O-F-O-S, mm -hmm. like, because, I mean, I just was like, whoa, like, I'm yeah. not happy this is happening. And also, why are people attacking police officers? This doesn't compute with a lot of the rhetoric that, you know, the, the party of law and order likes to represent. Yeah, right, right. I will say, though, that being federal officers, I believe that the sentiment in these people were that these people were protecting people inside that I believe they either wanted to arrest and some even would want to kill, mm. according to the, some people's rhetoric. I don't think the majority of the people who even entered the Capitol, by the way, had any intent for violence. They right. were like tourists, it looked like. Mm. Just like I'm like, what? Did I, you know, people <laughs> were even like taking tours. pictures, and I was just yeah. like, I don't advise you to do that, man. Like, mm -hmm. they start like trying to take pictures with the press. I was like, all right, you guys are all going to go to jail. Yeah. But uh, there's, there's, I was trying to compute. So on that end, I'm like surprised and shocked, mm -hmm. and, and it doesn't make sense. But when I think about what constitutes the right wing, and it's usually faith, family, and their work, mm. through the shutdowns and the police enforcing this in a lot of these major states. I think that people have seen their churches shut down and find they've seen family businesses closed. A lot of them have lost their jobs um, and they've seen police back this up, back up these uh, uh, authoritarian governments. And I think that there's probably a very uh, I've seen this normally now. They were all yelling F the blue, by the way, as they attacked I mean, the police. Incredible. I know it doesn't make sense, but I think the shutdowns and the police enforcement has created a subdivision of the right wing that is no longer supportive of law enforcement. Mm. Even if they're supportive of, of maybe individual officers, they have lost hope in the departments. Now that doesn't justify the violence, right. but I believe that they see the police now as, a, as an extension of authoritarian regimes in their states, some people, and no longer as people protecting the neighborhood, almost sharing some of the same sentiments as BLM now. Mm. That's which is bizarre. And that the, the Boogaloo stuff seems to have some of that element in there. I mean, some of the stuff I've read from them seems to be somewhat anti-cop. Libertarians. And liber yeah, I mean, I'm, I mean yeah. a lot of your viewers probably are libertarian. Yeah, they don't I mean, hate the police. You know, yeah. But I mean, the, the, the libertarians are my biggest yeah. disagreement with libertarians has always been about, you know, a lot of that law enforcement type stuff. They, 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 a lot of the especially that extreme, you know, side of it comes off as anti-cop often. Yeah, well, where do you draw the line? I yeah. tell people, you know, when you don't want, when you say that there should be this sort of like organized anarchy or this, you know, horizontal organization. Yeah. In fact, that is the tenets of Antifa. They believe in, in you know, community organized communism or anarcho-communism, right? Mm. They just believe in like anarcho-capitalism, which is right. sort of like, I mean, it's a different organizational system, sure. but it still has anarchy at its core. And I think that a lot of these people uh, I want to say this, you know, firmly, the groups that I, were, I was following and documenting, not engaging with, 
I mean, I, I was on camera warning them, dude, if you breach the building, you're gonna get shot. Yeah. They have the right to use ammunition and line yeah. rounds on you. Like yeah. I was warning people, like, part of the reason why I was delayed to even get through things, I wanna say this, I'm sorry that I just maybe grew some balls over the last 10 months, <laughs> but when I saw people blooding their way through police lines and knocking out police, I just trailed behind that group to see where they were going yeah. because I thought if America needs to know what's happening, it's going to be over there. And if Blaze TV is gonna get the right action, not like a good action, but just no, if we're gonna show America the truth of what's happening, it's wherever it's the most dangerous. And so I followed the people who are the most aggressive and mm -hmm. the most clearly out for blood, that by the time I even was following them, they, we were climbing through the inauguration rafters. Think about that, on the Capitol steps, climbing and, through them. And I cannot say this strongly enough. If it was not for Elijah, people would not know what happened here. We would have missed massive parts of this historic event. I mean, you were in the middle. We were the first to break it. You were the first ones. I mean, I was following you and we, we were the first to release, to, to release proper footage. Yeah. We were the first to release the breaking news, the first to release that the computers in the, in the offices had been compromised. It was mm -hmm. a security breach. We were the first to, to break a lot. And I think that's why everyone's pissed because why is Blaze TV Stu Brigier's network. Uh, <laughs> Wait, is that why is Why is Stu Brigier's <laughs> network, which is, you know, out here just you know providing a good quality content doing a better job at the literal top networks in the world here with the biggest funding how are we beating them and I say well maybe because you don't realize we are a better network than you because <laughs> we look for the truth we're not busy at the lines you're not sitting here you guys you guys look down on conservative networks thinking oh it's like a sleeping giant like when the Japanese bombed the US they're going well, it's just, you know, Blaze TV, what are they going to do? It's like, well, you'd be surprised at what a network with hosts and with people who don't have egos, we don't have pride, we just care about Americans and we care about the truth, what being willing to risk your life, being willing to risk your reputation to tell the truth can do. And it can send shockwaves through the nation. And yeah. I think that the networks are mad because with billions of dollars, we're selling Andrew Cuomo his awful <laughs> mugs, which you should buy, by the way. Thank you. You should get those. That's awesome. I was saying that. But we, not taking ourselves too seriously, being normal American people, not pretending to be elitist, can get in there and by just being a, agreeing that we will not twist the truth, we can actually set the narrative. And that's what they're mad about, is that they didn't get a chance to manipulate the narrative before we broke the story. Yeah, yeah, and I think, I think there's a big part to that. Um, do you have a couple more minutes? Can you hang out for a couple oh, minutes? Oh, okay. yeah, I'm here. Because uh, uh, I want to take a break. I want to come back with you and talk to you about the journalism aspect of this, which is really important. But before we get there, and, and if you, I know this is a tough time and a lot of crap's going on, so if you can't answer this, don't feel like you have to answer it. <laughs> it's like, where's my attorney? <laughs> but if you, as, as you're standing there and you're documenting this and you know you're doing the right thing, but as you're documenting it, there's a moment where you're about to cross the threshold and enter that building. What is going through your head? Do you think to yourself, because you, you yourself said you might get shot and you could have been shot. What is the thought that's going through your head at that moment? I was prepared to die. And that's just the truth. They had gun, they had live ammunition with guns pointed at us. And I thought, this is going to be something that Americans need to see. And unfortunately, some people in my vicinity did get shot and guns, more, guns were fired. Uh, but a lot of officers used probably more restraint than they even legally had to. So I, I will say that I, as much as people, I, 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 everyone who dies in these situations, hmm. whether you agree with them or not, it's a tragedy. 
but according to House rules, the sitting members of Congress were there. I've read my limitations of my congressional press credential, and I know that when there's illegal breaches that live rounds can fire, and they have the right to shoot people, and people did have guns there, and they were armed, and when you show up and there's a line of officers and they have their guns out and they have their guns drawn, I just think, thank God I'm wearing a chest plate. I hope that's where the bullets hit. On that note, more with Elijah Schaefer in a moment. Back with Elijah Schaefer, who you surely saw his work over the past couple of weeks. He documented what went on in the Capitol and broke the news before anybody else did. Uh, he, of course, is with Blaze TV. Make sure you watch his show. Uh, follow him on all the social media and all of that, of course. I thought this was interesting because I, I, I know uh, there's been this sort of CNN thing going on. Can you explain what you think is happening right now with us? Yeah, well, CNN has decided that I am such an interesting person. And <laughs> it's probably because I've been on your show. And they were like, those are two interesting guys. Yeah, and, sure. and they look good in white T-shirts. And they said, <laughs> you know, none of our journalists were good enough to break the story. They were actually using a BLM adjacent person who had gotten in trouble for rioting previously. CNN Anderson Cooper was using uh, somebody who had been involved in riots and criminal activity, something I have not, never been accused of before, mm -hmm. uh, nor ever criminally. So I'm glad to say at least our reporters... Don't go to, don't actually riot. Right, that's um, good. That's a good. They are have launched a full investigation into my life um, to the point to where they are. This might even shock people. They're not just calling family members, which they are lifting their numbers from finding old rental agreements. So they told my dad. They're harassing my dad, my family members, old work colleagues that I haven't spoken to in like a decade. They've gone through my LinkedIn, called old employers, called past churches that they can find that I attended, secretaries asking for ties to extremism, dirt in my past, how was I troubled growing up? I mean, the fact is that CNN put a budget together to investigate my life why I have no idea besides the fact that they're trying to delegitimize somebody yeah. who beat them at their own job. Well, first of all, the lesson here is don't get a LinkedIn page. I mean, there's just never a reason for I it. I didn't make one. Uh, I don't know who made it for Oh, me. really? Someone else did it? Yeah. Um, I don't have a Wikipedia, thank God. <laughs> yeah, oh, God. Uh, that's coming. Uh, but the reason why they're doing this is because you've just, I mean, the past six months has been an unending uh, cycle of you beating the hell out of them in all these stories. I mean, you're, you're the one breaking the footage, and they're not there. Hundreds over of millions, and over again. hundreds of millions of views, like hundred. Just just in one day, in to put into perspective how badly we beat their ratings and stuff. My footage did over 50 million views in less than 24 hours. So. When it's like I'm not I don't care about numbers and that's not what I think about mm -hmm. but if I'm working at a network and I did care about numbers and my, my goal wasn't the truth it's like if the truth gets out and a lot of people see it I'm happy because then they get to see the truth mm -hmm. but the networks who work on ratings and it's a ratings they see it as competition yeah so rather than just being fair and being like well let's try to produce better work they go well let's just destroy the person who's out competing us and that's what's so sad is that these networks are so diabolical and anti-american that they will work diligently not only to harass people that i know do you know they're going as far as to finding the phone numbers of people i follow on social media and asking them if we know each other do we have a relationship they call a trucker that i follow it's just someone who follows the show a good hard-working american mm. sometimes i follow people back and i'm just like yeah i'll follow you i, I yeah. like I like who you are i dm them they called him while he was on a truck drive saying, you know, this is CNN and we just want to know your relationship with Elijah. And I mean, they're harassing my f people I follow. 
Like, isn't that, it's, it's, it's petty. It's bizarre. You think if they put that much work into the actual stories, they don't have to worry yeah. about this. Maybe put that <laughs> train and reporter to be better. Yeah. Don't hire B- BLM adjacent <laughs> reporters. Yeah, no, that's probably a good, good idea. Um, I want you to know, I think, I think you might be okay here because I was reading Brian Stelter's newsletter the other day and I wanted to read this quote to you because, you know, you think the, the journalists would be pr- protecting other journalists and their right to, to con- you know, g- g- cover a traumatic breaking news scene, right? Well, Brian Stelter in his newsletter writes this. Journalists bravely covered the riot in real time and deserve enormous credit for doing so. So I'm sure at the end of this. Oh, I'm so I'm going to tweet this out. <laughs> please do. Please do. I was like, God, I hope Elijah. Oh, sees this. my God. Because they, thank you, Brian. They don't act like it. They don't act like they deserve a lot of credit unless you happen to be like the Huffington Post guy who's in there. Or I guess that or the New York Times uh, person who was who was in there taking pictures. Those people get all sorts of uh, accolades, big stories. But when someone who's actually in the middle of this, in the most intense part, I mean, they're coming after your life. Yeah, and I think it's because I have the wrong politics. Like, I, I want to say this, you know, while, while I try to stay out of my personal opinion on these matters, I, all I can say is what I witnessed was a lot of violence and destruction, and I don't support criminal activity, and I don't, mm-hmm. I don't support that. I'm not getting into the pol- I can't get into the politics behind this right now because these journalists have not afforded me the ability to even be able to form an opinion because they've just come after my, my income, my wishing death threats upon my wife, Wife. I mean, it is really, really bad to what they've done. So I've been on, you know, damage control, trying to keep them from 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 burning the house down, um, to know what you know the full picture here. But what I can tell you is, if even if what their accusations are are true, which they're not, that I somehow you know was supporting these criminal activities, and therefore it invalidates my reporting, I would say a lot of you guys supported BLM and Antifa then that would mean you're also accountable for every cop car burned, every officer assaulted, you know, the, the White House right. the Secret Service taken down. If you're a wartime reporter and you're in an airplane that's dropping bombs, even if you're sympathetic to the war, no one holds the journalist accountable. Meaning, so even if you got, you know, you got me, which you didn't because it's not true. All you're trying to say is that if your politics are wrong, personally, we will get your, we'll take away your, your livelihood. And here's the thing, they're lying. I, I've never said anything to support these people. And I'll, they say, because I use the term, you know, the terms I use, and I go, you're arguing with me about semantics. Why don't you just interview me? How about you call me and do something reasonable like a journalist should do? Ask me my thoughts, mm. question me, and put my feet to the fire and say, how do you really feel about this? And maybe you would find that when all your left-wing blogs and propaganda pieces are pushed aside, that maybe, just maybe, I'm a human being like any American who when I saw Americans fighting each other and hurting each other, my heart was broken. It hurt for this nation. And when I witness any type of turmoil, whether it's left-wing extremism, right-wing extremism, I'm not happy. I don't like it Mm. because I don't like to see Americans divided against each other. It's not a good thing. And my political affiliations of whether I like Trump or not don't matter at that point, because guess what? 84% of law enforcement voted for Donald Trump. So if I'm supporting Trump supporters, the likelihood of both the officer and the Trump supporter beating the living snot out of each other, both supporting Trump, how can I support both sides at the same time? I need to stand with my countrymen and say, this is not the solution. This is not the way to do it. And I've come, I've said that from time and time again, but it doesn't matter because people like Eric Swalwell who fart on live TV, who have <laughs> s- intercourse with, with Chinese spies and perhaps, 
per, and perhaps, for all we know, if he took Hunter Biden's tactics, might have <laughs> had flatulence and record himself live mm-hmm. while having intercourse with a Chinese spy, which I wouldn't put past him. <laughs> he's pressing the FBI and people to investigate me when he's one of the authors behind the Journalism Protection Act. Mm-hmm. He wrote, he helped write legislation that said that, that the government shouldn't intimidate journalists, even in bad situations when the breaking news is worthy for the American people. The government is violating their own written laws because my politics are that I don't agree with Black Lives Matter, that I exposed Antifa. This is a sad place that we're headed in our country. And if the law doesn't do the right thing in this situation, then we have a, we have a Supreme Court issue on our hands. I will say uh, when you're talking about Eric Swalwell, your politics did come through a tad. Just a little bit. I just <laughs> want to know they inched their way out just a little bit. Um, last one here. Why then help, as you have over and over again, help the New York Times put together their timeline, help CNN with telling them what what footage was pointed in what direction and what happened at what time. You've continually gone to these large media organizations and worked with them to get the facts right. Why do it? Let's see, NBC, ABC, 60 Minutes, PBS, CNN, I mean, who even asked me to go on? Washington Post, Fox, uh, we could keep going. Mm. BBC have all licensed this footage. This is not the first time. This is one of dozens of times this has happened, right? And the amount of appearances, everything. Well, here's why. Because at the end of Kenosha, you know, people try to frame Kyle Rittenhouse as a white supremacist. Mm -hmm. And by working with other journalists who were there to provide what they believe are more authoritative sources, even though they weren't there, we were able to get our accounts out to where people can't question. Well, they can question me, but are you going to question the judgment of the New York Times? Now, that's probably one of the main things I do. (laughs) I always question the New York Times. (laughs) But it tells the other side, look, just like how they're judging me now for my politics, politics aside, get out of your echo chambers and realize that videos aren't lying. They're not selectively edited. They're not made to look any way. It, like, for instance, if I, if I was sympathetic with the violence, why would I put the violence online? Why would I put yeah, things out there it. that are going to send people to jail if I didn't want them to go to jail? Now, I don't want or not want them. I just want to show America, here's what's happening. And I don't want to have to think in the moment, how does this look? It's just, here's what's happening, America. You decide. Yeah. And I think that with these outlets, with the Kyle Rittenhouse situation, New York Times was forced to write one of their most honest piece ever on mm-hmm. the event. Mm-hmm. And for that, I believe that, that the, the kid is going to get a fair trial. Um, you know, I'm not going to comment on that. I just think he's going to get a fair trial because the timeline is from so many authoritative sources. He has a chance to get justice instead of political pressure. Mm-hmm. And I think that in situations like this, where people are getting put on no flies for just being at the rally, people are getting resigning, you know, from the military positions Amazing. because they went to watch the president speak. We need to have author- like their authoritative sources for them to see, hey, they might not watch Blaze because they're not cool and not wise. Right. They might not like, you know, they might want to, but even the New York Times realizes in the midst of all this that we're doing a good work for the country. And I just, I'm doing it to break the echo chamber. And we've got to do, as Americans, we've got to lend a hand and just say, I'm willing to take some SHIT to break through and show you we can work together. And we still can. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's great stuff. Elijah Schaefer, a host of Blaze TV's Slightly Offensive. Uh, if you'd like to support Elijah and become a subscriber here at Blaze TV, because this work isn't happening uh, from a lot of these places that we just talked about. These mainstream media sources aren't going to these places. They're not covering these things. Go to blazetv.com slash stew. Enter the promo code stew, because that's how they know you like this stupid show. And, uh, you know, we don't do anything as far as serious reporting. We just talked to Elijah about it. He does all the actual work. We sit here in our stupid chairs and talk to him about it. But it's a joy and, and an honor and seriously <laughs> thank a, you so and much a for doing it. And a stupid mug. And a stupid mug.
Get but it's a good, mug. stupid mug it's that people should buy. I mean, honest, it's good. It, it's what it is. How, We're going to get you one of these Stupid for sure. man on stupid mug. Yes, there you go. There you go. 30 bucks off the price for the promo code <laughs> Stu. Elijah, thanks so much for everything you're doing, man. This is uh, You're in the middle of something historic. Uh, has that set in? It's, I wish it had, and I wish that, like you said, that, that people had been fair, and I wish that I was being asked the right questions and not being investigated on the wrong ones. And for that... My heart breaks for the future of this country, the regime change, but I know that history, even if it doesn't remember this event well, I know my work will stand for itself. Very true. Elijah Schaefer, uh, back in a second. So one of the things uh, that the uh, internet is uh, doing to try to keep itself entertained is try to identify people who were at the uh, QAnon riots in the White House. And it's interesting because... um, uh, we started the show today with Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez and how dumb Twitter is, and it continues to be dumb. Uh, this tweet came out. It said, this is the individual the FBI is seeking as a person of interest in connection with the murder of the Capitol Hill police officer. Twitter, do your thing. Again, we just discussed this. The Twitter thing to do is to be dumb. And of course, Twitter did its thing. What Twitter did was identify the wrong person and say that some random firefighter dude was actually the guy who murdered the police officer, a guy who was not only not at the Capitol Hill, uh, the Capitol situation, uh, but he was, he doesn't even have a beard anymore. <laughs> he hasn't had a beard for a while. This is, uh, this is the next tweet. This story has effed up my life, he says. On the day of the riot, retired Chicago firefighter David Qu- uh, Quinteville was 600 miles away celebrating his wife's birthday. But Twitter posts falsely identify him as a rioter involved in the killing of the police officer, Brian uh, Sitnik. Uh, so this poor guy who was like cooking dinner for his wife on her birthday and who had shaved his beard off months earlier was then, of course, pointed to by Twitter and the mob went around him and cancel culture began. His life turned to hell. And then tomorrow we'll all forget about him and move on to something else. That's social media for it. I think we should fight even harder to keep it. I, I, you, if I was Donald Trump, I would be blessed to be banned from Twitter and never have to go on it again. Back in a second. Here we are, you and I, together, alone. The end of the program. I've just given you everything I have, everything I will ever have. And all I ask in return is for you to like this video right now, wherever you're watching. Find a way to give us a thumbs up. Uh, It's what the cool kids do. And since you're here at the end of the show, you're part of the cool kids club. Nothing much you can do about that. Also, I want to tell you, um, I don't know if you know this. Yesterday, Donald Trump was impeached for a second time. Thanks to the efforts of one Nancy Pelosi. And what a good time to think about purchasing a Nancy Pelosi sucks mug. Yes, the most classy mug with the word sucks on it in America Everyone will love this mug. They'll think, what does that say? And then they'll look closely, and then they'll think you're the greatest person of all time. Nancy Pelosi sucks mug. It's available at stewdoesmerch.com. There's also a T-shirt. I think the pens are still out of stock, though. Sorry about that. Okay, Uh, before we leave, we have a new survey in. Four in five say the U.S. is falling apart. Approximately four in five Americans say they believe the U.S. is falling apart, according to a new Axios poll released uh, one week after the deadly pro-Trump riot at the Capitol. The poll uh, had a thousand people, um, pr- uh, uh, but they did see a same um, about the same amount of people 
who are proud to be an American. So four out of five agree that the U.S. is falling apart, and four out of five agree with Greenwood, which is good. One out of five believe we are not falling apart, um, which is uh, wrong. Yeah, we're totally screwed. I mean, there's just... uh, we're, we're toast. So give up now. BlazeTV.com slash stew is the place to go to subscribe. You can save 30 bucks off with the promo code stew. I will see you tomorrow.